0: Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I have a hard time sleeping at night. So what is the stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps support better sleep quality and recovery. It's one thing you can do every single day and costs you less than $3 a day. So it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. hello there all you stay tuners. welcome back to another episode of stay tuned sports sugar friend jimbo here back after a wonderful fourth of july uh weekend hope everybody is safe has all their their digits hopefully you were responsible with the drinking and the, the fireworks i didn't shoot any fireworks off this this year um saw how my puppy reacted last year so i came home and uh stayed with him to make sure he wasn't going berserk but uh, the wife and the, the son went to the, uh, the local cur- uh, uh, park that shoots out fireworks. And they had a blast there. So hopefully you guys did too. Um, lots to talk about uh, today. Um, and even a breaking story as we came on to record. Uh, Baker Mayfield officially a Carolina Panther after pretty much months of Carolina being linked to them. Um, trading for Baker. Uh, lately it was the Seattle Seahawks, but that came out yesterday that Seattle was really never um, that interested in them. It, it sound more like uh, they were kicking the tires on them, but um, before we get into that story though, uh, head over to uh, staytunesports.net so you can follow all of our social media accounts, especially Twitter and Facebook. Um, that's where we share out the the link for the Stay Tuned Sports podcast truck series um, Friday nights, which we are back this Friday. We're at Dover. We can talk a little bit about that. Um, our merch tab is up top there. We have a couple new things uh, at, at our little merch store. So if you guys want to purchase anything and you know show your support to the show, and if you want to go to a different route to show your support, head over to www.buymeacoffee.com Slash ST Sports and buy me a beer. I don't, you know, I, I drink coffee during the week, but on the weekends I drink beer. So, you know, buy me a beer. Um, and I, I kind of forgot to, to remind everyone the past couple of weeks, but we still do have our Stay Tuned Sports chat hotline 612 STS chat. Call in, tell me how you think about the show, or if there's a topic you want me to talk about i'll have no problem talking about it. i mean if you've seen our last live show from a couple weeks ago some of the questions that the wife asked um a little a little controversial you know i know that definitely one was a, a very very controversial um topic over the past couple weeks but i have no problem answering We We giving my opinion whether it's right wrong or you just don't agree with it but uh but, yeah, getting back to this whole Baker Mayfield thing, uh, the Browns are getting a fifth round conditional pick, which can be a fourth round depending on playing time. Um, you look at the team. You know, you, like, first off, I don't know why the Browns are trading him. Um, if I was the Browns, I would have did everything in my power to try to try to reconcile the... the the relationship um the way it's looking is Deshaun Watson at a minimum is gonna be gone for at least six to eight games I think he'll be getting off very easily if that's the case I think he should get what the NFL um is suggesting which is the the one-year suspension and with a young and -and up-and-coming offense and I I you know I as I, I don't really like Baker. But he's not the worst quarterback. He's a lot better than uh Johnny Menzel. Um But you're finally putting pieces around him when he didn't have the pieces. Like I, I just don't think he's getting a a chance, you know, in, in Cleveland. Um I mean kudos for him to Basically forced, I don't want to say force because that sounds like he was being a prima donna. I mean, Cleveland just shitted on him all this whole time. So, you know, why would you wanna go back to Cleveland? But um now he goes to Carolina. Uh one of the top three elite running backs is on that team, Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy. You know, he's a very, very good running back. But that's always been his problem since he's been to the NFL. Just can't stay healthy. Very good receiving core. Um, defensively, I mean, it's not the Carolina defense from the Luke Cookley, you know, years, but still decent. Does he help them get to the playoffs? No. I, it's a slight upgrade over Sam Darnold, and even with him, this pretty much seals the deal of him ever being a starter again. He's just going to be another Geno Smith that could start one or two good games and then just be, you know, backup duty. Um, he's going to be a journeyman. I mean, again, he's not a bad quarterback. He's not starting, you know, face of the franchise quarterback. He would be a good um, bridge quarterback. You know, if you you know you look at like the Jimmy Garoppolo Trey Lance situation. If Garoppolo wasn't there, Lance probably would have been starting and may not have worked out that well. I mean, he did play a couple games and wasn't the best. Some of these quarterbacks need to have some time to get adjusted to the NFL and the speed. And that would be a good quarterback. I mean, let's not forget, he was seeing ghosts out there. So, I mean, he'd be the, the perfect quarterback to kind of mentor some of these young quarterbacks. What happens to him now, we don't know. Um, If Carolina was smart, I mean, other than Sam Darnold and uh, Baker, I'm not sure who their other quarterbacks are. I know they don't have no, you know, Tom Brady, or they don't have a starting quarterback. So it would be smart to at least keep Sam on the team. If Baker struggles, if Baker gets hurt, Sam could come in um, and... Be decent at that. So, definitely, Baker Mayfield won this uh, this little scuffle between him and Cleveland. Cleveland only got a fifth-round pick after drafting Baker uh, in the first round. I think it's going to stay a fifth-round pick. I, I don't think whatever the uh, percentage or whatever the stipulation is as far as playing time, I don't think Baker's going to hit it no matter what. So... even the, the financials uh, Cleveland still has to pay half their <clears throat> half the contract so there's are they're, they're still going to be you know they're basically going to be doing what Philly did with Carson a lot of dead money there and just a, a bonehead move by the browns <coughs> past sunday was the USFL championship game And I'll tell you what I haven't watched any of the uh, USFL games since uh, I would say half, maybe right right around half uh, the the half year mark. Um, I pretty much stopped watching them. I was not like I don't know. I I don't know if it's because I was you know I'm used to not having football around at that time, or um, hockey was on you know with the, the playoffs, so I was more interested in that. And also, you know, me rooting for my Philadelphia Stars—they weren't really putting on like awesome games. So you know, it was hard for me to, to stay focused. But I was surprised to see they were in the championship game. It was them and uh, Birmingham. And I was like, you know what? All right, I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'll, I'll I'll watch it, see what what happens. And also, it was the first game I seen. A semi-filled stadium now it turns out that they played at the pro uh, pro football Hall of Fame um, stadium so you yeah, had a lot of tourists a lot of visitors there curious how it would have turned out if it was down in Birmingham or wherever they, they played but watching the game I watched the first quarter um, I watched the first half, and then I went outside to do some yard work. But the first half, it was a good game. You know, it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, stopped watching at halftime, and then our good buddy King texted me cause I asked him if he was watching or not. Um, said, this is a hell of a game. I said, what are you talking about? I mean, Philly was, at the time that I stopped watching, Philly was down by, like, 10 points or 5 points. So I was like, oh, okay, typical Philly team, you know, get to the championship, choke it away. And he's like, no, Philly's up by up by two points. 23-21, I think it was at that time, in the third quarter. I was like, oh, okay. Put it back on, so I watched the rest of the game, and I'll tell you what, it was a very entertaining game. I mean, it went right down to the line. Um, Philly went for an onside kick, which I'm going to talk about in a second here, uh, to try to get the ball back. Um, only to throw a game ceiling interception for touchdown. That's when I turned it off. I think there was like a minute left in the game. But it sparked a little interest to in me that I probably wouldn't mind seeing a second season just in case the XFL is terrible. At least we'll have something to go look forward to. And I'm curious to see, too, as a league, USFL, do they put on a, a better product next year? Going up against the XFL... You know, they they knew the XFL wouldn't be starting until next year. So they actually had all these players sign two year contracts to try to get them away from the XFL, even though the XFL is probably going to offer a lot more as far as salary and and health benefits and things like that. Um, The only downfall I could see being for USFL is. You know, okay, yes, it's good when you got the, got it on NBC, uh, the Peacock Network. But when you start putting it on USA Network, that's that's when I stop watching it because I don't got USA Network. And I'm not going to pay just for these games. Whereas XFL, they're on Fox. That's, you know, uh, FS1, um, the regular Fox channel that NFL's on. So you could still get it, through antennas if, if you don't have direct tv or, or cable or anything like that i think that's the only downfall they'll, they'll have but the future is i think looking a little bit better than it did earlier in the year now speaking of uh the onside kick or the the onside kick att- I, I should say the onside attempt because they didn't it, they didn't kick The USFL has one rule when it comes to onside kicks, um, the onside kick alternative, which is they could go for a 4th and 12 on their own 33-yard line, and if they convert it, they retain the ball. I actually have three things here that I think NFL should really look into. And the onside, you know, onside kick alternative is definitely one. They're trying to be a little bit more safer on the the kickoffs, and what better way than this? Yes, the onside kick is a um, drama-filled play, but why wouldn't a fourth and twelve play to retain the ball not cause drama? Let's not forget Dominic McNabb and Freddie Mitchell. Fourth down and, and forever, scramble around for 17 seconds or whatever it was. Broken tackles left and right, you know that was filled with drama. That's that's what this play would be. This is definitely a, a, a situation that the NFL should look into, and they they they've done it in the past. They've done it with the two point conversions. They've done it with the instant replays when the USFL was around. You know the first time around. So there's nothing wrong with that. My next one here that the USFL has, um, I really like. uh, And I I really think the NFL should do it because some of the NFL games now are starting to get up to that three and a half, four hour mark and could get a little boring. Um, Have a running clock. The USFL has a running clock in the first and third quarters. And... It continues running after incomplete passes. Um, The thinking here was to keep it. This would help keep the games under three hours, which for the most part, it did. Other than the championship game here, for the most part, it did. So it it did shop. I think that would be another positive for the NFL to look into. And this one right here, I've been bitching for for years uh, me, it started a lot of arguments between me and King. And that's the pass interference penalty. I don't think it's right that defensive pass interference is a spot foul, whereas offensive pass interference is a 15 yard penalty and a loss of down. Both should have the same amount of, of yardage penalty. And that's what the USFL does. Theirs is a 15 yard penalty and the reason behind this is there's two how many games have you guys seen in the past five ten years that were decided by a controversial defensive uh defensive uh no geez pass interference (laughs) kind of brain fart it's been a long day um a defensive pass interference call there's been a lot So I I think this would be another one that the NFL should look into. I think they did try to um, pass this a couple years ago and really never got any footing. And then it just kind of fell to the wayside. But this is definitely one I I think they should do. I think all three of these are real good um, upgrades or however you want to say it for the NFL to try out. Even just try them out in the preseason. See how it goes. One of the bigger stories that happened this past week was usc and ucla announcing they are joining the big 10 uh next year um this is huge because they were basically the 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 biggest schools the the face of pac-12 conference and with this move i i think it pretty much kills the pac-12 you know they're they're going to be dropped down to basically a, a community college type division no um, no playoff team no team in that conference will be considered playoffs um, or taken seriously to to be put into the playoffs and before I get into my conversation about Notre Dame with this move I mean this is a smart move for USC and UCLA Um, It's a bigger conference than the the Big 12. They get more TV exposure, bigger, you know, uh, networks. And it's a more competitive conference. It also helps out with the recruiting. Now, instead of being a a strength strictly on the West Coast, now they'll have a little bit of a, a pull on the East Coast for some of these recruits, which will help with the competitiveness. Um... I don't think these two teams will be dominant or very good for a couple years. I think they may be mediocre, but this is a smart move for them. But now this also begs the question, is this the time Nordame should or does make the move to a, a conference? Right now they like they being in an independent league conference, I mean. Um, but if I was Notre Dame, I mean, times now, you're not going to lose money. If anything, you may gain some money because, you know, when you look at that conference, you still will have your USC rivalry, but they should be put in the, the East conference, um, or East division. Penn stays there. You know Notre dame and penn state fans have been clamoring to revisit the penn state Notre dame games and this would make buku dollars for both schools and, and the conference as well i mean tv ratings will be through the roof for this game you put this game on a saturday night on abc i mean money over money over money and just like USC and UCLA, it's better competition. You know, just looking at the uh, the East division, there's four good schools in there. You got Ohio State there, you got Michigan, Penn State. So your strength of schedule gets even stronger. And voters will start taking you seriously now. You'll be fighting for a championship, a conference championship, which has been everybody's bitch for the longest time about Notre Dame. So, why not do it? And do it now before there's other schools that leapfrog you into there. Because there's only so many schools that Big Ten will take in. They did say that, you know, they'll, they would like to add a few more schools to the conference. But get in there before you, you, you get left out. I mean as much as i like the usc and Notre Dame rivalry i would love to see the penn state and Notre Dame rivalry again i think that'd get real chippy the history's there you know lou holtz that history and then you got a young coach like marcus freeman coming in all fired up that would be one of the top 10 games ever to be played in college football. (laughs) Past week, well, past weekend I should say, past Saturday, uh, UFC 276, I believe it was, was this past week. Did you guys catch that yet? Past week? (laughs) I don't don't know. Like I said, it's been a long day. Um, Looking at the card, it was a stacked card, you know, up and down it, even down to their prelims. Um, open up the, the, the card, the main event was Sean O'Malley versus Munoz got called a no contest because of a incidental eye poke. Um, the only question I have is why was Sean O'Malley dancing around? Like he won, there was no contest. So you didn't win. You didn't lose. You were winning the fight in my opinion. And for people that say, oh, you know, Munoz was, was looking for a way out. He didn't take the full five minutes. A fighter knows their body. When, and when he knows, he can't see out of his eye. And it turned out there was scratches on his retina or whatever. Um, and his eye was completely swollen shut the next day. So you don't, you can't fake that. But if I was UFC, I would re um, try to re- redo that fight if Munoz could uh recover in time because that was starting to be a good fight it wasn't a one sided a one-sided lop, you know one one side of fight for Sean O'Malley uh Munoz was landing some good leg kicks which worries me sometimes because of O'Malley's injury history and and then now if you guys saw afterwards in the uh backstage when O'Malley was getting uh interviewed Henry Hujo was chirping at him about a tune-up fight him versus O'Malley that would be a perfect fight for both fighters O'Malley needs a big name to get that that final push that to take him seriously and if he could beat Henry Hujo he can't get much bigger than that for that division um as far as Henry Hujo, it'd be a perfect tune-up fight for him because O'Malley is not a championship player just yet. He's right there. So he's, he's close to that competition. So one, why not make it? And then the trash talk, oh, the trash talk would be awesome. Um, a little downer, Cowboy Cerrone retired, ended up getting tapped out by Jim Miller he just you could tell cowboy has mind made up going into that fight you know he didn't didn't want to be there um and you know kudos to him for a, a very long career uh 55 fights i think they said he had most fights in the uh, UFC um just just awesome you know and i was sad to see him go but Hey, he said he's going to be an actor now. He has that movie out with uh, Gina Carano. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's kind of like a, a Western-type movie. So I'm going to have to check that movie out. Um, Max Holloway fight. A lot of things were shown in this fight. It's shown that Volk is just getting better and better and better. Volk he just got Max's number. But what else is there for Volkanovski to stand, you know, stay around and fight? I think it's time for him to move up. Maybe Max stays. I think Max should do the opposite of whatever Volkanovski does. And I only think, I mean, Max only has a year or two left. He's like four and seven, or, or yeah, I think he's like four and seven in his last few fights. Or three and four in his last seven fights that's not a championship fighter that is a just breaking top 10 type fighter and i'm not saying he's shit. i mean he's still good but if you watch his past couple fights he used to be known as someone that was never touched and his past couple fights he's been getting cut up Grant the past two fights against volganovsky were just bad for him even though i think he won uh, me personally i think i thought he won the second fight i mean it was it was a war but i think halloway should do the opposite of whatever volkanovsky does whether he stays in the division or moves up max only has a year or two before you really see him start turning into cowboy cerrone if Conor McGregor ever does come back, maybe that's the fight to make. You know, like like I just said about Sean O'Malley and, and uh, Henry Hujo. It's a good tune-up fight for Conor because you're still fighting a championship, a former champion, because I, I can't even say he's championship caliber anymore. Um, but he's still a talented fighter, and this would be a rematch. So there's a lot of a lot of storylines there. I know Israel Adonis is getting a lot of shit once again for his main event. And even like, you know, I, I was drinking and everything during the fights and everything. So I, I wrote some notes down and I put main event sucked. You know, when you walk out to the Undertaker's music with the Taker's helm, uh, uh, hat, with the Taker's urn, you better put a show on. And that was the highlight of the main event was him walking out like that because once again, it was a boring fight. But you know what? Kudos to him because I was thinking about today. He's smart. Do the less amount of work. Point to win. Keep the belt. Keep the raise. Because if you guys look at some of these salaries of even the the co-main event people, Probably only making 150, 20,0. 000. You look at Adonis, I bet you anyway, once it comes out, he made close to half a million. Because he's a champ. If he loses that belt, he's gonna drop back down. Now, if I was UFC, and I hope they keep their word that Alex Pereira is the uh number one contender, one of two things are gonna happen. Either Pereira's gonna be the new champion, or this is gonna be the, the final war that we needed to see from Adonis out uh, of the past couple fights. I mean, Pereira just put Sean Strickland into the shadow realm. And Pereira has one win over Adonis in kickboxing. So I, I think it's finally going to be a good fight that uh, you'd want to tune in to see uh, to see if Adonis really starts to show that he can be the the goat of that division which he keeps talking about but he's he's not he's he's boring i know chris pratt was was ripping apart about it so i mean overall the card was good it was entertaining um main car was pro- or the main event was probably the only one that was meh to me i don't know so i think that's gonna be it for this week um couple other things I just thought about, too, though. So Friday nights, we have the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series over on YouTube, 3YTV. Make sure you guys check us out this this Friday. Doing another giveaway, uh, just like all season. Make sure you tune in to watch and tell and on lap 150. Figure out what position or uh, place I'm in. Head over to the Podbean link for the show, and underneath this episode comment which uh, place I'm in. And then I'll hit you up with a, a $25 Amazon gift card. Um, also, I'm actually going to be racing now two Wednesday nights. Same thing, 3 TV. It's a super speedway series in the next gen cars, so um, I got a nice little throwback from Rusty Wallace. has some flames on it. Thinking there was, well, either I'm going to be on fire passing all these cars, or Crashing and burning. So definitely will be a fun time to tune in. So make sure you guys check out that, that, those nights as well. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.